Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. In a civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. The excellent people who protest against all hunting and consider sportsmen as the enemies of wildlife are ignorant of the fact that, in reality, the genuine sportsman is by all odds the most important factor in keeping the larger and more valuable wild creatures from total extermination. Theodore Roosevelt Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Wild Initiative Conservation Coffee Break. Today I'm sitting down with Corey Mason of the Dallas Safari Club. Corey, thanks so much for hopping on with me today. Thanks for having me, Sam. So why don't you, to start, just give me a quick overview of what is Dallas Safari Club and what's your role with them? Yeah, uh, so Dallas Safari Club is an international conservation organization funded primarily by hunters. We are headquartered in Dallas, Texas, uh, but our work spans the globe, uh, essentially conservation projects on every continent out there. My position within DSC is the executive director and CEO. Fantastic. So uh, Dallas Safari Club, you know, not to, not to confuse folks with the name, it is an international organization. Um, you're not uh, focusing on, on elephant hunting in the city of Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, we get a lot of questions about where do we work and where do we not work? You know, we obviously have projects all across North America, uh, projects as local as desert bighorn sheep restoration projects in, in Mexico to pronghorn restoration projects here in, in Texas and across the West, uh, grizzly bear work and uh, obviously the, the farther north of the United States. Um, and we do have a significant amount of work that we do in Africa uh, on anti-poaching, needed research, everything from uh, from elephants to lion to predators uh, in the aggregate uh, and work in many other countries as well. And, and really the scope of our work focuses on the three tenets of our mission. And the first of that is conservation proper that I could break further down clearly. Education, and that can be from the youth all the way up to educating ele elected officials on advocacy issues. Uh, 
And then lastly, it's advocacy proper. Uh, and that's taking that information needed to elected officials and decision makers around the world, and particularly in this case, Washington, D.C. And I think that's one thing, you know, I kind of called that out in a joking way, but I did want to make clear is, uh, you know, I think sometimes when you say, you know, the name Dallas Safari Club and, and you look at the elephant, it's easy to think like, oh, they only work out in Africa or, you know, it's it's very easy to put you guys in a box. And I wanted to make it clear that that you have a very broad scope of what you tackle. That's exactly right. I appreciate that. You know, when, when you look at, say, just for example, the, the conservation tenet of our of our mission, uh, recognizing we grant in excess of two million dollars every year to research projects, uh, game and fish agencies, to wildlife ministries around the world. Um, and it really is. Uh, so some of the most recent projects are, are here actually in Texas. Again, bighorn sheep, mule deer, pronghorn, uh, to species across Africa, to species in New Zealand, to, to Russia, to Asia projects. To, so there truly is a global scope in that. Uh, recognizing our logo is that of an elephant, which I think is very symbolic of the fact of kind of a very iconic animal that it can be an animal of controversy. But when you look at the demonstrated success of the role of conservation through hunting, and you look at the fact that 82% of the elephants in the world exist in those countries that significantly use conservation through hunting as a tool to conserve these animals. You look at North America, you look around the world, uh, the scope of our work focuses specifically on recognizing that value. So uh, talking again about the scope of your work, what are some of the uh, maybe high level or more pressing issues that uh, Dallas Safari Club is currently tackling? Yeah, so we're working right now, we work very closely with a number of African ministries, with a number of the uh, European parliaments, obviously, uh, across Canada, uh, U.S., we work very closely as well. And, and some of those issues that we're tackling right now, sort of big picture, could essentially be kind of summarized under the, under the cloak of any of those decisions that are made in the absence of science. And by that, I mean specifically those decisions that are made, if it's to, uh, to not manage a species, maybe to to not allow a management, which could be inclusion of hunting as a conservation tool. It could be far more broad than that. But when species are not managed based on science, there are significant issues, social issues, economical issues, sustainability issues, broadly speaking. Um, and one of the most recent examples of that is the UK that we're working closely with is, is recently decided that they did not believe based on their uh, ideals and ethics that um, game in Africa should be hunted. And the issue with that is they did not consult African stakeholders and they do not have any essentially an understanding of the ramifications of what African wildlife conservation would look like in the absence of well-regulated legal hunting. And so they have issued a call for evidence for information that supports the value of well-regulated legal hunting. We're not talking about bush meat. We're not talking about poaching. We're not talking about that. That is illegal, illicit activity. Rather, we're specifically talking about legal regulated hunting administered by science management authorities in those respective countries that is sustainable. And so that's a significant problem. So to take one step back, so I'm a certified wildlife biologist. I've spent former 16 years working for a state game and fish agency in many roles. And much of that was in a research and understanding biological ramifications, habitat delivery, all those sorts of things. So I take significant issue with that personally, as well as professionally when the uneducated politicians in this case decide without stakeholder input that they know what's in the best interest of rural communities and African wildlife. And so 
that's kind of a general understanding or one of the scopes of issues right now. This same thing occurs in Washington, D.C. right now uh, with importation of legally taken animals from around the world, again, without consultation of those individuals that are actually responsible for managing those individuals. So we engage in those cases significantly. Well, you're, you're definitely uh, speaking to me here, living out in California, when we have a lot of this legislation handed straight down from you know whoever happens to be sitting in the big chair in Sacramento uh you know especially with what we've lost just recently it's you know the wound is especially fresh losing bobcat hunting and and trapping and then you know our history with with lion uh, with lion hunting as well um and you see none of that yep. was decisions made by wildlife biologists none of that was were decisions made by you know game wardens or anything of that it was it was handed down from upon high you know in the case of of the line hunting it was voted by voted in by a, a lot of people that just have no education or anything but a lot of feelings about the issue well that's exactly right you know there's a there's a general what i very commonly refer to as western arrogance and i do mean that in a very critical nature in the sense of first world countries like America, specifically North America and Europe, in which they feel like their personal sense of ideals and ethics should be applied by everyone around the world equally. Again, without an understanding of um, what that really means to biological systems and their associated habitat. Like you mentioned in California, if it's the prohibition of legal regulated lion hunting that is based on game and fish agency quotas and surveys, um, and they ban that, without an understanding that the continual impacting of the California ecosystems, urban encroachment into rural places, all those kinds of things that are lessening and lessening wildlife habitat, and there will be more and more human wildlife conflict. Uh, so it's a very head in the sand kind of approach, and it ultimately turns around in a negative way for wildlife in their habitat in nearly every time. So, uh, are there any other uh, any other kind of top level urgent issues that Dallas Safari Club is is currently tackling either here in North America or around the world? You know, we work uh, we work very closely with a lot of countries, like I mentioned, to address information deficiencies. And by that, I mean anything that is the absence of needed information to better manage those species. So we have some significant projects going on. Again, I mentioned you know bighorn sheep restoration projects in Mexico, which is a really neat one where we're helping literally put wild sheep back on the mountain in formerly occupied range in which they haven't existed in decades. And so that's a tremendous conservation success story in which, you know, other organizations that don't support sustainable use cannot make those claims. They haven't done those kinds of work and they're not doing that kind of work. But also if we look like in Africa, for example, uh, one of the animals that's hard to census and survey and have a better understanding of is leopard. And so we're working specifically with a number of ministries and researchers to do countrywide, which is a giant geographical scope, uh, leopard survey and census uh, so that we have a better understanding. When I say we, I mean the collective conservation community, we, we have a better understanding of what leopard census numbers are uh, so that and where they occur within a country so that they can be best managed. They can be best managed around human wildlife conflict. They can be sustainably utilized. And then they can also be monitored and inventoried not hunting where they don't need to be, et cetera, but they, so that they can just be well-managed. Um, and again, those that aren't in the sustainable use community 
are essentially not supporting those kinds of efforts. Um, and so that's a couple of examples of those kinds of projects. And another thing that we support at an extremely high level that benefits both non-game and game species are the hundreds of thousands of dollars we spend on an annual basis associated with anti-poaching work and, and counter-poaching work. And so we have a number of kind of key projects there in Zimbabwe and Mozambique and a number of other countries in which uh, it may be our financial support may be in the sense of supplying rangers in the field with supplies. Uh, it may be helicopters that we have purchased and put in the sky for very quick response uh, to counter poaching. It may be dog teams that we have purchased that are highly trained uh, that are on the ground in Africa. It's our investment in the Southern African Wildlife College that is training resource professionals as well as counter poaching teams so that they are deployed and again they can protect and serve resources as a whole. If it's African pangolin, to elephant and everything in between. Uh, so really the scope of work is very big and broad, but is addressing the most pressing conservation issues. Fantastic. Well, if folks wanted to find Dallas Safari Club online, where can they do that as well? Uh, what is the best way if somebody wanted to get involved in the mission of DSC? Absolutely. So they could find us at biggame.org. Uh, that's our website. Obviously we're on social media. You can find us at the same place there. Uh, the number here at the office is 972-980-9800. I would be happy to visit with anyone that wanted to engage with us, learn more about us, become a member, or just better understand some of our conservation initiatives and where we're working and where we're not working. We would welcome that. We, we have a very unique business model in which we have a very small staff, uh, but we have a huge number of volunteers that help us on an annual basis. Uh, we have a very large convention that occurs uh, in January, January 9 through 12 this year here in Dallas. Um, and it's what we use as our primary opportunity to bring many countries together for needed conservation meetings. Um, it's a conservation forum where there's a lot of opportunities with outfitters and gear and all that there. And our annual convention is a big gathering. We'll have 35,000 plus people attend. So it's a very big event. Awesome. Well, y'all make sure you head on over to our conservation page. That's the wildinitiative.com slash conservation. You can scroll down and look for the uh, Dallas Safari Club logo or give them a search on the page. You can check out their profile, get links to their website, as well as all of the socials. want to say a big thank you so much uh, for hopping on with me today. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it.